Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share some exciting updates. I've gotten a lot of awesome messages and reviews and feedback on this podcast about how it has greatly improved your relationship with your dog. And please keep them coming. It brings me so much joy to hear those. I've gotten a couple of questions recently about how you can contribute to disorderly dogs. And while I love that this podcast is free to you and you can listen at your leisure, uh, let's be honest, things still cost money. So if you are interested in contributing to disorderly dogs, we now have an option for you to make a small monthly contribution so that the podcast can keep going and I can produce higher quality content. I can have great guests and definitely get to more listener questions. So if you are interested in contributing to this podcast, you can check out the link in the show notes to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am really pumped about today's conversation. It is one of my most favorite topics in all of dogs and dog training. And I have a special guest with me today, and she is going to share her expertise on this topic as well. But before we jump into today's topic, I wanted my guest to have an opportunity to introduce herself. So Messina, do you want to tell everybody about yourself? Let's hear it. (laughs) Hello, everyone listening. Um, First of all, thank you, Rachel, for having me. Um, my name is Messina Kikese. I am from Vancouver, Canada. I am a humane dog trainer here. Um, I specialize in reactivity cases, bringing home your rescue. I do private one-on-one sessions in your home, in your hood. Um, I have been training for about four years. I opened up my business four years ago, Q and Day Dog Training. Um, Q is my dog. He's a pit bull black lab and he's the love of my life aside from my boyfriend. <laughs> Q, Q comes first. Uh, you know, we won't say. Of course. Of course he does. So currently in school, um, again, <clears throat> I'm at the Academy for Dog Trainers. Um, I also graduated in 20. 18 from Dog Stars Training Academy. Um, I have done the Michael Shikashio's uh, behavior certification, aggression and dogs, um, along other things. And we can just dive into one of both of our favorite topics, which is dog body language. Such a crucial thing for everyone to know, um, especially people that don't like dogs. (laughs) I know for sure. It sounds weird, but like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the general public, right? Like obviously you're in Canada, but I feel like this is, it kind of transcends physical location. Like th- there's just a general lack of awareness of body language, right? Like what it all means. And I think even from people who consider themselves dog people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously mm-hmm. they know and love their dogs, but maybe they don't. Okay. But really quickly, before we jump into the body language conversation, 
tell yeah. us a little bit more about Q. How did he come into your life? Because <laughs> like I was, I, everyone, I, I did an outline and I was telling Messina, right? Like we have to, we have to highlight one of your greatest teachers, right? Like, cause without totally. Q, would you be here? Probably not. Probably not. He is my muse. Um, I, I started, I was a, uh, like a professional dog walker for many years for a very great company here in Vancouver. Um, and then realized, I was like, I want to learn more about dog body language, dog behavior, and I want to coach people um, on how to. So went to school, um, maybe like three months into school, I got Q, he was a puppy. Um, I got him from a acquaintance that I used to work with years ago and her friend on the island out here um just so happened to have two dogs and weren't fixed and it wasn't planned and i was like all right let's go here's my boy so i got to pick him out when he was two weeks old and then they drove him to the city when he was eight weeks old um and if you go to my instagram there are many pictures of baby 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 q he's so freaking handsome (laughs) He is so freaking handsome. And it's like everyone who's listening, you know, I have a type. I prefer a semi-blocky head, medium-sized little wife. You, you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> Same. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, shout out to Q for being a presence <laughs> in all of this. Okay. So let's talk about body language. So before we jump into the nitty gritty of body language, I want to just kind of talk about like the overarching theme of why, right? Like, obviously, we're going to elaborate more on that in the specifics, but I think that like we have so much to gain from understanding what our dog's body language is telling us. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you want to speak just a little bit of like some of your personal experience and like learning body language and becoming a trainer? Like, obviously you had a lot of experience walking dogs, but as you started to learn more, like some of the light bulb moments that happened for you. Yeah. And I mean, I I've said it on another podcast before, like I, before I got Q, I, you know, there's things that I didn't know that I might have done. And before I knew better, um, I had a, uh, a rescue who was also a pit bull, who was lovely. His name was Raymond. Um, and me mistakenly took him to the dog park. <laughs> that's, that's a no-no. Um, and he was fine, but there's uh, some other dogs and they had a thing. And I did that alpha role because I had no idea. I was like, oh, this is, this is going to work. He seems calm. He was like, you know, on his... Um, on his side and like seeming calm to me in the moment where now I know that is not the case. He was probably exploding inside, eyes darting out, (laughs) ears pinned back. Um, So yeah, and I I find that um, sometimes body language can be sometimes a tricky thing for people to wrap their head around. Um, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like continue, like, don't do that, don't do that. but it, it's like, if you see it, you, you should start to, <laughs> you should start, you know, once you see it, then it's like, oh, okay, I got it. So this dog's giving me whale eyes or what have you, or they just yawned when you're behind them. Um, so I, I find it sometimes tricky to balance, like people understanding it and getting it. Um, sometimes it takes people longer sometimes than it should. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So feedback that I get from my clients a lot, right? Like when we really dive into their dog's body languages, it's like, now I can't unsee it. Right. Like now that I know these certain things, it's like, 
it's, you know, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because like, as you start to learn more, it's hard not to notice it and Mm -hmm. not to be affected by seeing dogs in certain situations. And like, most people think this dog is just like fine and they're having a great time, but you can see that they aren't right. So just a little disclaimer. Once you know, you can't unknow, (laughs) you can't unsee it. Right. Yeah. 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 No. And it, it took me like, a a long time to you know just seeing all the dogs out there that are like in distress (laughs) and stressed out I'm like "Ah, don't do that but it's like you can't always give people your unsolicited advice no definitely definitely not definitely not but I have to give a shout out to one of my my clients Crystal you know who you are girl she was at a she was at a situation recently where she did advocate for a very stressed dog and she told me about it and I was just like clapping I'm like good for you right yeah advocate for him even though uncomfortable for sure 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah go oh crystal go <laughs> i know right much respect okay so um we want to break down body language into a cue a few key uh key components right so a few things that you can watch for right so we want to break down some individual <laughs> body parts of the dog right and we're going to talk about those but stick with us because then we're going to help you understand in context okay mm-hmm. and everyone just remember that body language is something you're always going to be learning, right? You're going to think you know all this stuff and then you're going to meet a dog who teaches you different things. And that's the joy of it. That's the fun yeah. of it, right? Is yeah. that you get to like understand some of this base knowledge and then build on it. Okay. So let's talk about some specific body parts. So ears are one that are so telling. Oh my God. They have so much to say. Okay. So mm-hmm. tell the listeners, let's talk about like some of the different ear positions that you notice and maybe what those could possibly mean. Yeah. Um, well, there's the kind of the alert ear, which kind of stands a little bit higher and maybe moving a little bit, you know, an alert dog. They're maybe focused on something. There's a sound, there's a person, there's a bird. Um, there is the pinned back ear and again, context, <laughs> which we will get into. Um, right, right. But pinned back, everybody think like a bunny, like a bunny who's like scrout, like hunched down, like trying to avoid a predator and their ears being pinned back. That's exactly what we're talking about with dogs, yeah. right? Like those ears looking like they're like glued back to the back of their head. Like I hear it described as like seal in pit bulls all the time, right? Like totally. we're in seal <laughs> mode right now, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, ears pinned back for sure. Okay. So <laughs> what other ear positions? Oh, I mean, there's like the loose and floppy. Um, what other ear positions are there? I think there's some of the like, I call it like satellite ears, right? So kind of what you're talking about with the alert, but mm-hmm. maybe it's not just alert, right? Like maybe the ears are like forward, but then they pin back and then they go forward and then they pin back, right? So like yeah. sometimes we can see that like super rapid movement of the ears mm-hmm. where it's like happening in like super fast succession and you're like, excuse me, what is happening? what are your ears saying okay and then for those of you for those of you who maybe has a dog who have like cropped ears or not full ears you can also watch for a lot of movement in like the top of their head so like a Mm -hmm. lot of like the the bullies like especially Mm -hmm. have like huge muscles on the top of their head which is just insane and you can see some of that even just in the top of their head right like some of the like um the tensing and the releasing of some of the muscles in the middle of their head so even if dogs don't have full ears there's still a lot that you can observe right right like what's happening like in the like top of their head forehead (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So everyone ears, right? Like I usually start with ears because they're usually like the easiest to watch, right? Like we pay attention to them because oftentimes we think that they are adorable because they are like shout out to all the dog's ears that like bounce when they walk. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So there's the ears and then there's the face. Right. So like we're talking a little bit about like the forehead and stuff like that. But like what's happening with the mouth, literally just the mouth can be a huge indicator to like how a dog is doing. So like, tell us more. Like Closed mouth, um, tight mouth is something that we always want to look for. Um, Loose, um, like a loose mouth. Um, There can also sometimes be uh, like a submissive grin yep, <laughs> which, yeah. which, which a lot of the time we're like exactly yeah oh you're not smiling mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not really but okay whatever you want to say yeah um there's also you know a yawn that obviously comes from the mouth um again context dog could be tired but then also yawning can be a sign of stress um my dog that is his first signal usually a lot that's usually the one that comes out first for the most part um yeah yeah and panting right yeah. so like yep. panting is one of those things that sometimes they're panting because it serves a purpose to cool them down and sometimes uh-huh. the panting is actually not related to temperature or regulating <laughs> right sometimes it has to do with stress and oftentimes anxiety okay so yes. don't worry everyone we're going to put this in context we're going to put all of this in context yeah okay so so we covered some of the ears we covered the forehead we covered some of the mouth the eyes the eyes mm. are another one that i think like often get, yes right like they kind of yeah. get overlooked right yeah so and it depends right like i definitely i find that like certain breeds like mastiff sometimes mm-hmm. like the bully sometimes even like the little breeds they have like um I don't even know how to describe like they literally just have like droopier eyelids yeah 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 <laughs> right like I'm sure you've seen that too right like so sometimes like some dogs who have like looser eyelids whoever whoever's listening and can tell me the correct term of this please send me an email and I will correct Some hounds like a little <laughs> yeah right like the the droopy eyelids Maybe you would see more of like the whites of their eyes, but then if you have a dog who doesn't have droopy eyelids and you see the whites of their eyes, right? So do you want to talk just a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's called a whale eye. Um, When you see the whites of their eyes, it's, let's say you're looking at your dog um, and there maybe there's maybe someone scary behind them or something and they're kind of their head may be a little bit cocked to the side and then you can see they're they're looking kind of behind them or to the side of them and you can see all this white and that is a indicator that they are feeling quite uncomfortable and we probably want to get them out of whatever situation (laughs) yeah sure side eye is a very good like that always like triggers my mind I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the side eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. The dog is giving them a little bit of a look here. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely like a really simple one that you can watch for. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and everyone, we're going to, we're going to get to this, but just a reminder, right? Like all of this, we have to see in context, right. But it's helpful to notice. Right. So I hope those of you who are listening, I hope you're sitting right next to your dog and I hope you're looking (laughs) at every single body part as we talk about this. Right. Break it down. Yeah, exactly. Because those eyes can be very, very telling. 
Okay. Yeah. Shifty eyes. Yes. <laughs> shifty eyes for sure. Right. Like yeah. the dog is giving you the shifty eye right now for sure. Yeah. Not making eye contact. Yeah. Yes. That too. Right. Like yeah. that avoidant gaze. Like I'm not looking at you. I'm not yeah. looking at you. Right. Like yeah. so much to be deciphered. Right. Even yeah. just in the eyes. Yeah. And there's, there's so many videos of like, you can just tell like the dog is like, you know, trying to avoid eye contact. And the the person is just like, Hey, baby, like right in their face. It's like, Oh, and pushing it and pushing it. (laughs) Right. Yes. And it's like, it's, it's, it's so bizarre that we live in this world that like all of these viral videos of dogs, right. Not just dogs, but animals, right. Are just so misinterpreted. Right. Where it's like, okay, clearly this dog, like we would watch it and be like, oh my God, this poor dog. Meanwhile, it's getting like <laughs> yep. a million views and laughs. Yeah. And people think the, it's hilarious. Yeah. The comments are just, I don't even read the comments. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I just set a boundary there. Like I care yeah. about my mental health more than jumping into these comments right now. But yeah. those of you listening, it, when you feel empowered that you know more, like we support you. Jump in on yeah. this. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> okay. So I think I don't, I feel like the tail is often the most misinterpreted body language cue of the physical cues. Yeah. I agree. And like, if we probably could put, if I got a dollar for every time someone was like, but his tail's wagging, he's happy. Oh, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, and people mean well, like good for you for paying of attention course. to the tail, except for yes. like the tail is doing way more things than just wagging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, an alert, stiff, high wagging tail. There's a low, there's a helicopter. There's so many, um, so many different tail movements and then of course we have dogs with different tails we have dogs with little stubs little nubs um so that can also be just an added layer of oh okay what are you really trying to tell me Um, yeah absolutely absolutely right like the tail expresses so much and like oftentimes like especially in my am staffs oh my god it's like you can see it it's like the tail is like okay it's swirling okay now it's flagging now it's stiff okay now it's wagging and you're like whoa so many emotions so fast right here yeah yeah and yeah and with the tail again like we want to look at the whole body so it's just can't only just look at one one part of the dog yeah for sure okay so the last individual part before we put everything together is when the hackles go up, also mm. known as pilo erection. And I think that mm. that's also like super misinterpreted, right? Like so yeah. many people are like, they're gonna be aggressive. Like yes. spoiler. Yeah. Pilo erection is very <laughs> inconsistently the precursor to aggression. Yeah. And it's if you think about it, it's like um, you know, when you get goosebumps, which I have right now, it's just like when our hair goes <laughs> goes up on our on our arms. Um but uh, yeah, the hackles, and it can be um, misinterpreted, and it can it can be um, sometimes like a spook factor. So if your dog gets um, uh, spooked out by something, those hackles can go up. The hackles can go up when they're meeting other dogs. Um, so again, yeah, and uh, and and you know, in my experience, oftentimes it's I think always actually it's involuntary, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not like the dogs can control it and use it. It's usually like in conjunction with all of the other body language cues we're observing usually like specifically with my amstaffs i definitely see it much later in like an interaction right yeah usually tons of body language cues before like oh 
there it is. There yeah. And I don't, I mean, of course, I'll, there's so many dogs with different types of fur, um, long, short, curly, whatever. Um, but not, ev- it doesn't happen to every, every dog. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah it just depends. Interesting. It, I've never seen it on cue. No, no, I don't think that they can physically control it. I think it's un- <laughs> involuntary, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally involuntary. Okay, and then just really quickly before we move on, I think it's also important to notice weight distribution. Okay, so that can be like your dog is standing, is all of their weight leaning forward, is all of their weight back. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that also, right. Like that's just another cue that you can watch for that can help you understand a little bit more about like, huh, I'm noticing that my dog's body weight is all forward right now, or it's all Mm -hmm. back right now. And Mm -hmm. we're going to put this in, in, in context here, but I think that that's another cue that you can absolutely watch for. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's, that's also one that kind of gets missed. Um, yeah for sure for sure right like and it's like if you don't know to look why would you totally (laughs) right like and and you know I think that it's one of those for all of you listening you don't have to become a dog body language expert you have to become an expert at reading your individual dog's body language right because while we're talking about all these specific body points and we're going to get to like some of the things in conjunction what they can possibly mean every dog is unique, you know? Yeah. And like, like I was saying at the beginning, it's like, sometimes I'll feel like I know so many things and then I will meet a dog and I'll be like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Those are not telling me what I thought that <laughs> you were feeling, but here we are. Totally. Yeah. It happens, happens to all of us. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's talk about putting all of these individual body parts in conjunction. Right. So oftentimes what I encourage my clients to do, right, when they're just like kind of getting to know their dog, they're getting to read their dog's body language. I usually like them to look at ears and tails first. Right. Like, let's put the ears and the tail together and let's start there. Right. Like, (laughs) what are the ears and the tail doing? Right. So, for example. Right. And I'm just thinking about Waylon here. His ears are forward. His tail is up. It's high. It's arched over his back, but it's (laughs) stiff. And for Waylon, that's usually just like, he's alert. He's watching, mm-hmm. he's paying really close attention, but it doesn't really mean anything beyond that, right? His ears are forward, his tail is high. He's just like, okay, what's going mm-hmm. on in this environment? Mm-hmm. So tell us about Q. What are, what are some like ear and tail combinations that would give you different insight into how he's doing in a certain moment? Similar um, for Q, it's more, <laughs> he he does like a long neck. I call him long boy. So like there's a long neck when, when he's kind of, he is alert <laughs> or like someone walks by the window and he'll kind of like long neck, ears will be kind of neutral, but a little bit perky. He's got those floppy ears. Does Waylon's ears go straight up? No, they do kind of flop to the they, side. They're kind yeah, of flop. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Q's tail is, it, it'll do usually like a, stiff and straight and then once he you know sees that it's someone that he knows or dad's coming home or whatever then it kind of does this helicopter (laughs) okay but I love how you bring up this shift right Mm -hmm. because body yeah right exactly right because we're we're observing like certain moments but then what happens after that, right? Because mm. the body language isn't ever static, right? Like it's always fluid. It's always moving, right? So I really love so how you describe the sequence, right? Of like 
the neck is forward, the ears are kind of alert, that tail is kind of stiff, but then mm-hmm. it shifts to, oh my God, he's here. I'm so <laughs> and it starts exactly. doing the helicopter thing and the ears probably stay in a similar position, right? Yep. So like, yep. right. So I think really good observational things for all of you listening to pay attention to, right? Like what is the combination of the, the ears and the tail mean, right? And I think kind of like on the flip side of that, right? Like, if Waylon is spooked by something, like scared by a noise, usually what happens is those ears pin back, mm-hmm. right? They go nope. back, back, and then that tail, seal mode. right, right, exactly, seal mode, and then his tail definitely drops. It's not going underneath his legs, per se, but it's not up high over his back like it would be if he was more alert or excited, Right. Yep. And like, definitely the conjunction of those two cues, I'm like, oh, it's okay, buddy. Don't be scared. Yep. Right? Yep. Like, that's what I'm jumping in and like, mama's got you. Yep. Exactly. So, sometimes it's like that low wig, a little bit kind of caution what's going on. And that's, that's when us moms bring up that. <laughs> right exactly we jump in everything is gonna be okay here but I think even beyond right like okay so we're talking about ears we're talking about tail so maybe you're looking at the ears maybe you're looking at the tail and you're just kind of like hmm, I don't know I would be inclined to look at the eyes and the mouth next right yeah. like that's usually what I kind of like tend towards like okay I'm looking at the ears I'm looking at the eyes what's happening here and mm-hmm. usually, right, usually what I observe is that if the ears are forward and the tail is kind of stiff, the eyes, I'm starting to see some whale eye, that mouth is super tight. That's giving yeah. me more feedback that the dog isn't terribly comfortable, maybe not scared per se, but not like relaxed, right? They're not comfortable. They're not excited. They're kind of like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. A little conflicted, right? About little, what yeah. Going. yeah, on edge a little. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the mouth. Oh my God. It's one of those that like, when you learn to pay attention, there is so much going on. So much going on. Right. And like, I'm sure you observe this in Q too, but like a lot of times, like when Waylon's alert, his ears are forward, his tail is high, his mouth is closed, closed, closed. He's like, I can't paint right now. I got things to pay attention to. I got things to pay attention to. Right. But oftentimes when I start to see him soften, that mouth will slowly open a little bit. Maybe we'll got to get a nice, like, relaxed pant going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some panting. Okay. But then also, sometimes we're looking at the mouth and, like, maybe we've got some ears pinned back. Maybe we're seeing a whale eye. And then maybe we've got some, like, heavy panting. And that's usually a, a, a much more uh, stressful, anxious animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm let's not forget about drooling (laughs) and that's like next level usually comes semi hand in hand with a dog that is just like over threshold stressed out then you get that drooling um I've had lots of clients where that happens in the car um yeah 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 and yeah Car elicts a lot of stressful feelings for a lot of dogs, right? And that's usually when you see those conjunction things, right? The ears are pinned back. You're seeing the whites of the eyes. They're panting. They're drooling. The tail is probably low. There's probably a certain level of like trembling and shaking going on, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, those of you listening who have dogs who do that, I think that's one that tends to be much more clear, right? Like it's abundantly (laughs) clear, like, okay, cool. The dog is really, really struggling here. But yeah. there's so much in between, right? Like there's so much in between those cues 
that I think it's really important for us to be paying attention to. But yeah, the drooling could definitely be one. But it's like, it's so funny too, because, you know, then it's like on the flip side of that, like my, my AM staffs, bless them, they're drooly ass hearts. It's like when they're excited, right? Like way yeah. like so alert ears forward, like so much <laughs> drool, but it's, he's like, his little tail is just like slight little wags. Like, yeah. Oh, are you going to feed me? Are you going to feed me? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just so interesting. Just, this topic is just so interesting. This, we could go on. Um, talking about mouth again, um, something else that we want to look for, obviously, is the, obviously to us, is um, lick lips. Um, which can definitely be um, a sign of becoming more stressed out. Um, I know that Q will definitely throw out some lip, lick lips when um, he's starting to feel a little bit, um, when people are encroaching on his space. He's not not too down. Okay, so describe for the listeners a little <laughs> bit, like what that might visually look like, right? Because then there's a lip lick, and then there's a tongue flick, right? Which look kind of similar, but usually have different meanings. Do you want to expand on that? So, I mean, for Q, the lick lip is it's usually it's usually quick, and it doesn't go to his nose all the time <laughs> um so it's kind of like a little blep right it's, like yeah it's like, like the tongue little... comes out and then it goes back in yeah and that like and as I said like for him that's that's usually when like people are are encroaching on his space or coming up behind him or maybe um if he's he gets touched in a certain way um and whenever of course whenever I see that then you know paw, my paws are off or I'll tell whoever's around to please give him some some space because I I see it building <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and I think that everyone those of you who are dog people and you love dogs and you love to meet dogs out in the world I don't want you to change but I what I want you to do is understand and read some of those dogs a little bit better and interact with them in a way that maybe they prefer right like my friends and family are always so surprised when we go places and there's dogs and I don't just like go and like talk to the dogs like don't you love dogs like yeah yeah of course I love dogs but I love them so much that I respect them enough to not just assume that they know that I'm a dog trainer and that I'm super friendly because Mm -hmm. they don't know that dogs don't Mm -hmm. know that right and the 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 lip lick is one of those that it's so subtle but once you start watching it you're like wow okay the dog was telling me like they're not in love with that right yeah in love with what's happening and that might not mean that they're like overly stressed it's just just a little minimal cue to like "Mm, not in love with that maybe not yeah does um spicy and waylon are they i mean how often do they throw out the lick lips or the 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 nose yeah. Yeah. So usually, so usually for my dogs, when they're interacting with people, they usually use a yawn to indicate they're uncomfortable. It's not usually a lip lick, right? Like I don't see them use that a lot, but the tongue flick. So everyone, the tongue flick is a little bit more like reptilian. Okay. So think like the tongue is coming out like a lot and that it's going right back in super quickly. I see that being used in context with other dogs much more frequently, mm-hmm. right? So like I see Waylon do a lot of like standing, freezing, whale eye, tongue flick when he's like, piss off little puppy, 
okay, yeah. away from me. <laughs> right? So I think that the tongue flick is one of those that I, I observe it a lot in conjunction with communicating with their own species. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. So yeah. and everyone, I think this is really good feedback that the dog body language we're talking about, right, is super, super impacted by the environment and who they are interacting with. Right. Are they interacting with strangers? Are they interacting with people that they know? Or are they interacting with stranger dogs, dogs that they know what's going on in the environment? Right. What's the weather doing? Right. Because all of those things are going to have a huge impact on the body language cues that you're seeing. Right. So can you think of some specific examples of that? For Like, for example, for Q, he is um, doesn't really love sudden, loud, like bangs or, or noises that will kind of spook him. And so um when that happens, his ears, he'll go into seal mode. So his ears will be pinned. Um, he'll even, he'll do a little bit of a jump. Um, and then his tail won't be totally tucked, but it will be down. And he'll kind of, like, get his ass out of the way. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, there's something behind me. I gotta, like, little, like tuck a little bit. My ears are back. And, like, there's the, the whale eye um, accompanied with that as well. Um, and that even happens inside of the house sometimes. Like if we accidentally drop a glass and he's sleeping, he'll kind of bounce up. Um, so he's he's a little bit a little bit more sensitive in 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 that um, in that sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think like you know another one that I just I, I've observed recently in my dogs, and I think it's it's fascinating is that when there are certain smells in the environment. Right. So like mm -hmm. definitely like when I am out with my dogs, I can tell when there is a wild animal around because their body language shifts instantaneously. Right. They yep. go from like their casual stroll, their relaxed body language to like all of Waylon's weight will go forward. Right? Yeah. Super <laughs> tense. And then he starts just like zigging and zagging on the trail, like I smell something, right? Which is super beneficial because I need to know, right? Like to be watching out, right? Like totally. Waylon okay, is telling me there is an animal around. And it's one of those that like, when you learn to read those cues, I think it also helps alleviate some frustration for me and being like, why are you a lunatic? Like what is going on? You crazy. Totally. Like, oh, you this is why, right? Like there's an yeah. animal. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you work with them. You're like, oh, okay, buddy, thanks for letting me know. Like, now I know. Let's right, go. Exactly. Get exactly. out of here. And then we proceed to working through wildlife feelings and not pulling like yeah. a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, right. So like everyone, it's really important to understand that we have to look at one, the whole dog, obviously, right? Like all of the pieces that we talked about, right? But we also have to look at the environment and the environment's contribution to the body language that we're seeing. Right. And I think that this is something that we both share in common, right, with coaching our clients is we start with looking at the dog's baseline, right? Like, what is the dog's baseline body language? And that's mm -hmm. really easily accomplished, right? Like observing your dog in an environment where they're comfortable, right? So yeah. usually at home, right, like if yeah. they're just meandering around their house, there's not like loud noises or outside stimuli that's really contributing to it. Watching what the baseline body language looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you want to describe like what like cues like baseline body language look like if he's just like <laughs> meandering around the house? Just chilling at home. Um, <laughs> he's usually on his bed, but he's also um, it's for him. It's pretty loose, um, like a loose mouth. 
sometimes it will be open. Sometimes, I mean, of course, when it's hot out, there might be a little bit of panting. Um, his ears are pretty neutral on his head. He does have um, kind of floppy ears. So they're, they sit in the middle of his head. Um, and he has a pretty loose, loose body. He can, when he's excited, when he's happy, he really can get that like really curved, excited, wiggly bum. Um, but usually at home when he's just chilling, it's, it's just like a, a neutral tail, which isn't high and it's not super low. Um, I think it's just comfortable for him. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's pretty laxed and usually sleeping at home. <laughs> yeah, right? So everyone, I think that that's a really good baseline for you to be paying attention to, right? Like, what is your dog's normal body language when they're sleeping, when maybe they're just meandering around their house? Because every dog has a different baseline, right? Some dogs' baseline is just a little bit more worried body language if they're generally anxious, maybe they're new to you, maybe they have had some some prior stressors, right? But generally speaking, watching your dog, observing their body language in a comfortable environment is a really great baseline to pay attention to. Because once you are more conditioned to watch that, right? Like, oh, this is what your ears normally look like. Oh, that's yeah. what your tail normally looks like. It's easier to distinguish those big variations up or down in the body language, right? And that can give you more insights into what's happening, right? So we, we, we continue to observe, right? We, we, we continue to learn and we watch those things. And I will say that like, I will get that anomaly dog that their baseline is their ears are pinned back, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I will get some of those cases where it's just like the ears are pinned back, but when you look at the rest of the body, it's actually really relaxed. That's just kind mm-hmm. of their huge. That's just kind of their norm. So every um, dog has a different baseline, right? And it's up to you as a beautiful guardian to pay attention to what is the baseline, Right. So let's talk about what we do with all of this knowledge and and (laughs) how we can support our dogs once we start to understand these body language cues. So, okay. So I'll come up with an example here and I think we can kind of rip on this. So like, okay, so maybe you're working with a dog for the first time and they come over and they kind of come in loose body language, but you go to pet them and then you start to notice some of those maybe stress signals. Yeah, exactly. The whale eye, the ear back. What do we do with that information? When meeting a new dog, we we always kind of want them to come to us. Um, you know, there's that myth of put your hand out, let them sniff you. They can smell you. You don't need to put your hand out. Right, <laughs> they dead. can already smell you, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. So you know, letting them come to you, and then also just a rule of thumb, like if 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 they are wanting some some pets, some scratches, um, always go in where they can see your hand coming into them, usually coming in um, onto the chest. So where they can see your hand coming towards them, opposed to petting them on the head. Um, there's, you know, there's lots of dogs that will offer you their bum. So if they're kind of pushing into you, offering you their bum, you can give them some scratches for a second and then take your hands off of them and wait for a few seconds and see if they will come back, push harder, push that bum for more scratches and then go in for some scratches. Um, I, I usually like to, you know, if they're asking for some love, I'll give them some love for a second and then I'll take my paws off of them and I'll wait to see to get consent again from them. And I think that you bring up a really, really important point, right? Is that when we're interacting with dogs, especially dogs that we don't know super well, right? We want to do a lot of checking in with them, right? Like 
okay, I stopped touching you. What does the dog do, right? Do they come forward? Do they put their head under your hand, right? Do they walk away from you? And that's something that like, I never take for granted the way I interact with the dog, especially a dog that I've just met or I don't know super well. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that like society at large is like all dogs like to be pet. Well, that's very false. Right. Like that is that is not true at all. And it's it's a very respectful, diligent thing to do to keep everyone safe, just to check in with the dog. Right. Like pat, pat, pause. Right. Like what does the dog do after that? And, you know, I will say that sometimes I will get some of like that conflicting body language, right? But like, mm-hmm. I'll reach in and I'll pet and then I'll stop. And then the ears go back and they give me kind of the whale eye. But then I get a nice little like soft <laughs> wag and they come right back. And I'm like, huh, okay. So I take note of that. I do it again, right? The same thing happens. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, some of your baselines in this circumstance, the ears back in the whale eye don't actually mean you're uncomfortable because you mm-hmm. keep coming back and you keep asking for more. Right. Yeah. So I think that like our physical interactions with dogs, the body language is so helpful for making sure that it's a really respectful interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they, they are their own individual beings and um, we, we need to respect them and give them their space when, when they ask for it. And so learning about all of this is, is um, super fun, but also <laughs> crucial. <laughs> And I find too that like my clients have like light bulb moments, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, oh my God, the dog is feeling uncomfortable and that is why they're behaving in X, Y, or Z way, right? Because I know you deal with a lot of reactivity too. And I know a lot of you beautiful listeners have dogs who can be reactive in a lot of ways. And I think that it's really important that we recognize that sometimes those outward reactive behaviors, when we dissect the body language, all of the body language is telling us they're behaving like this because they feel uncomfortable and they don't realize that they can behave in a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. And once we start to understand that, I think it opens this beautiful empathy and understanding for our clients to be less frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. Feel less overwhelmed, feel less annoyed. Like, why are you like this? And they're like, oh, that's why you're like this, because you're feeling uncomfortable right now. Yeah. When you know, you start to know. Exactly. It opens up that beautiful window of communication. And all of you who are listening are here because you care greatly about your dogs and you want to understand them more, right? Okay. So any final thoughts on what the beautiful guardians listening have to gain by learning to read dog body language better? Oh, I think A, it's going to build the bond with you and your dog um, even more over time and I as you said I think you'll start to feel a little less frustrated because you know um you're you're going to start to know what to look for in your dog you can also kind of you know of course every dog is different but you can also get a sense of maybe what other dogs out there coming towards you or what have you are feeling um and yeah the the frustration I think will be start to lessen and the bond will grow yeah and I you know just to piggyback off of that I feel like it opens it up so that like we can also modify our behavior to support our dogs in what's happening right like the example of like Waylon getting spooked and his ears going back and his tail going down that's what I'm just jumping in and adding that emotional support like it's okay dude. yes we can do advocating this. Yeah. yeah right yeah and I think it's one yeah. of those that like 
it is it is a challenging world that we live in because people like dogs but people don't understand dogs right mm-hmm. and that creates a lot of challenges and i think when we can understand our dogs it makes it so much easier for us to act and not only an empathetic way, but also an effective way to get to a desired outcome, right? Because totally. so many of my clients come to me because they're just at odds with their dog, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with this dog. I know, I don't understand why it won't just do what I want it to. And when they start to realize like, oh, this is why all of this is happening. It really helps to to modify human behavior so that they can work more cohesively than they once did. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> everyone, dog body language is something that like we were talking about, we are always learning about. And I think that there's a lot of amazing educational resources, right? Like, Masina, I know you post a lot of body language stuff on your Instagram. Everyone, you already know that I do that. But there's also some other really awesome resources. So there's a book called Calming Signals by Turid Rugas. That's like, I remember reading that early on in my dog training career and my mind just being blown. I was like, I actually have not read that. Oh my God, you will have read that one yet. It's so good. It's so good. Do you have any favorite? I know you're creating a resource, but do you have any like favorite books or anything you wanted to share? Lily Chin, the uh, doggy language oh, um, picture book. It's I'm a visual learner and her graphics are super fun. Awesome. I really I, I bring that out a lot to to my clients and I recommend it and I'll, I'll let them borrow it. Um, so there's there's a whole bunch of pictures, which is really great because then you can like, you can see it within this picture book. And, and I also will, you know, kind of get them to make it a game. Like here, borrow the book and let's see what you can pinpoint um, this week from your dog or what have you. Um, so that's a really great resource. And yeah, as you said, I am creating slowly but surely a online course for uh, dog body language Um, um with my uh, partner, who is another humane um, trainer, uh, Emily from Curiosity, and hopefully that will be out um, before Christmas. Oh my God, that is so exciting! I'm so excited yeah. to see it and share it. Okay, <laughs> so Messina, please share with everyone how they can connect with you. Um, yeah, I am on Instagram at q.a.dogtraining. Um, my website is www.qandadogtraining.com. And then all other information is on my site. You can email me any questions you have. You can DM me. I'm here. And uh, I would love to hear from you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So just to recap, so you work with newly adopted dogs, reactive dogs, puppies. Are there any other behaviors you really are passionate about working in your caseload? Um, it, it's reactivity. I think is my 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 go to. I just I find it really interesting, and I I like the groove of that. I love puppies, of course, but um, I think I get more fulfillment um, with with working with reactivity cases and just seeing, seeing that change in the humans and seeing, you know, that light bulb switch and seeing the change um, slowly, but surely in the dogs. And that's, that's really what I'm here for. (laughs) Oh my God. Everyone listening who has a reactive dog, like, yes, you're singing, you're singing to us. Slow and steady behavior change, everyone. That is where the true magic happens. Oh my God. Nassine, it was so fun to connect today. We'll be sure to include include links to all of that in the show notes. And everyone, follow her over on Instagram and learn 
all about body language. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.